Hello, and welcome to the Good Life Community Church podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope that you'll be encouraged, challenged, and that you would hear the invitation to be a part of the transformative work of God. Today, we're hearing a message from Ryan Smith. I hope you enjoy. Good morning. How's everybody going this morning? It's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for that. Today, we are going to talk about clarity and trust or faith, walking by faith and not only by sight. Right? I think this is an important thing for us, and I hope that you'll give me a little bit of leeway this morning to speak devotionally. Right? Often when I speak, there's often these really hard, practical things that, that we're expected to do as Christians or that I invite you into. And, and today it's more about a revelation of who God says we are and of who God is. And I want us to sit with that truth as we kind of move through this. Right, what does it look like to walk by faith and not by sight? It's not something that we do. It's something that we are. It's something that we have been called into to become, not to just do. We, we think the Christian life is so much about doing, but sometimes we have to remember it's about who God is and who God says we are. I, I've heard it said that clarity is the moment that we see without opening our eyes. I've been thinking a lot about this because I had a moment of clarity while we were on holidays. It was when I bought this shirt. No, I'm just kidding. My moment of clarity came immediately after a moment of arrogance. Has that ever happened to you? It's just me? Perfect. My son Aiden and I were spending some time together. We had gotten tickets to a concert that I was really excited to see. And so we drove downtown Denver. This is the day before we were coming, no, a couple days before we were coming home. And we drove downtown Denver, and parking is a, is a nightmare. And, you know, he was like, Dad, you drive. The parking's awful. And we found a place to park, and um, we, we paid the money, and, and we hopped on some e-scooters to head to the venue. And, I mean, we, we hopped on, and he took off, and I'm following him because I, I got no idea where I'm going. I don't know where this place is. It's a brand new place. I hadn't been there before. And so I'm following him. And as the, the, the kind of it happens in Colorado, these afternoon thunderstorms come, almost like cockwork, right? Like 4 p.m., the, the, the clouds come in, the wind picks up, and there's a thunderstorm. And we hit this thunderstorm, right? And the wind is just picking up the dirt and debris from the road, and it's getting in Aiden's eyes. And so Aiden slows down, ducks behind a building, and I thought, this is my moment. This is, this is the moment I've been waiting for, right? I, I checked my surroundings. I put my sunglasses down on my eyes so the dirt wouldn't get in, right? I opened up that scooter as fast as it would go. Which is about probably 30 kilometers. We're in America, right? This is like no helmet. My sunglasses were the only protection I needed. And I could see up ahead as I checked my surroundings, I was going to have to, to change lanes to get into a better lane to pass and cross the street. And the next thing I know is my body is being used as a brake pad on the ground in the concrete as I slide to a stop. What I didn't see, because I was wearing my sunglasses, 
was that the concrete diverged and created a curb and it was no longer flat. And as I moved into the lane, the scooter stopped and I did not. <laughs> and I laid there and thought, is this the end? And Aiden, like Aiden was so scared. Like he runs over to me and he's like, are you okay, dad? Are you okay? Like how many fingers am I holding up? Right. Did you hit your head? You, I saw you. I saw your head bounce off the ground, and I was like, "No, I didn't. I didn't hit the ground. I'm totally fine." And I was completely in shock. I jumped back up and I got on the scooter and said, "Let's keep going." And he was like, "There is no way we're going any further on these scooters." He says, "Dad, you were not allowed." <laughs> and then the rain came, and I realized that he was probably right, and I had to wash the blood off my body. We ducked into a restaurant, and I cleaned up, and that's when we found out we were actually going the wrong direction. <laughs> and so all of that zooming, I had to walk backwards to the point of starting, completely sore, bloodied, and beaten, walking to the concert, another 20 minutes the other direction. Clarity. Clarity. You know, see, it turns out that I couldn't see clearly with my sunglasses on. Weird. Turns out we were headed the wrong direction, and turns out that Proverbs was correct when it says, pride goes before a fall. <laughs> the truth is, is I want to be a live-by-faith kind of guy, but that means overcoming the live-by-sight person that I already am. I rely on what I can see. I work hard to understand what's going on around me. I, I, I listen to what people are saying and, and what's going on so that I, I can interpret what's happening around me so I know what to do. But as is generally always the case, there are things that I don't see. There's things that I, I can't see and things that I won't know until later. So what do we do with those things? If you're thinking about maybe in your life, what are those things that, that you question, those things that, that you want clarity on yourself? I, I think for me, wanting to live out of the things I see is best maybe described as something that we call in the Christian world, living out of my own strength. Maybe you're familiar with it. In Brennan Manning's book, Ruthless Trust, there's a story that, that even years later, I still remember, and I can't shake it and I can't forget it. And it always comes to mind when I think about clarity and faith and walking with trust. I'm going to read it for you. It says, when John Cavanaugh, the noted and famous ethicist, went to Calcutta, he was seeking Mother Teresa. He, he went there for three months to work at the house of the dying to find out how he could best spend the rest of his life. And when he finally met Mother Teresa, he asked her to pray for him. What do you want me to pray for, she replied. He uttered the request that he had carried thousands of miles, clarity. Pray that I have clarity. No, Mother Teresa answered, I will not do that. When he asked her why, she said, clarity is the last thing that you're clinging to and must let go of. When Kavanaugh said that she always seemed to have clarity, the very kind of clarity that he was looking for, Mother Teresa laughed and said, I have never had clarity. What I have always had is trust. So I will pray that you trust God. 
In Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, a book, that the, the, the thematic kind of voice throughout this whole book is this strength and weakness. He makes this declaration that's on the screen now. For we live by faith and not by sight. As humans, we desire clarity. Knowing something with absolute certainty is so alluring. I heard a quote by a, a Christian artist named Jason Gray. He said, I used to think that the opposite of faith was disbelief. But I've come to understand the opposite of faith is something altogether different. The opposite of faith is certainty. You see, faith isn't necessary when certainty is present. It's only an uncertainty that faith and trust can manifest and grow. And if you're anything like me, you probably love a fair amount of certainty too. I love being right. Oh man, I love being right. It is a sickness how much I love being right. But do I love being right more than I'm willing to love Jesus? More than I'm willing to love the way of Jesus that, that he has modeled for me to live in his kingdom? What does it look like for me to, to, to live within the tension of, of this way of living out of my own strength, but being called to live in his way, trusting him in the ways that he has modeled for us to lay down our lives? I, I think I have clarity on what the way of Jesus is, but I often settle for safe, successful, or being nice. And today, I want us to, to know that, that these things aren't bad. Safe, successful, and nice isn't bad. But by settling, we miss out on what trusting God can really look like. Clearly, we are called to be like Jesus. What am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to be? These are the questions that I grapple with, even understanding that the clarity I seek is to become like Christ. What does it really look like to be Jesus with skin on, in my family, in my church, in my workplace, the places that we gather and live life? Walking by faith is an invitation from Jesus to choose courage over safety, to live out of an identity of being beloved instead of needing to achieve and being and becoming a peacemaker over simply being a nice person. When Jesus called his disciples, as he invites us to today, it's a call to follow him somewhere we've never been before. Like, just sit with that for a second. Jesus has invited us to go somewhere we've never been before, so we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know what it's going to be like. What we do know is who Jesus is going to be once we get there. I love going new places. But I don't love going new places blind. I hop on the internet. I search out the greatest places to visit, the historical significance of the things that we're going to see. I'm going to find the best places to eat. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? Like I have not missed a meal on holiday. Right, but that's what that is, going someplace I've been before or, or have a, a great information about is a holiday. Jesus is calling us to real life. Jesus is calling us to his life. 
We've been invited into an adventure, and to be honest, that makes me a little queasy sometimes. Instead of getting to discover the great places to go and, and do, we're invited to see the goodness of God and become more like Christ. Beloved, courageous, a peacemaker. What does it look like for us to be beloved, to live out of that identity? What does it look like for us to let go of fear and and go into those places that we've never been before, trusting that God is already there waiting for us? What does it look like for us to be a peacemaker? Not settling for nice, but bringing the shalom of God everywhere we go. There's a picture of this in the Old Testament. As the Israelites head into the promised land, we see in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 10 through 15, and this is what it says, it'll be on the screen. It says, the land that you're entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and you irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land you're crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It is the land that your Lord God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. So if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all of your heart and your soul, then I will send This is probably a poor translation. It should say, then I will give rain on your land in its season. Both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and olive oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle. You will eat and be satisfied. He is inviting us somewhere different than where we are right now. He's inviting us to go somewhere that we've never been. He's the one that cares for where we're going. He is the one that is in, his eyes are continually on that. He is the giver. He is the one who is inviting us to trust him. And I want to ask you guys the same question that I've been asking myself lately. What's the last thing that that we've done, you've done, I've done, that required faith and trust? There are simply no formulas or instructions or easy paint-by-number solutions for this question. But I hope that you'll really sit with it this week and think about what it means to walk by faith in the way of Jesus in the places that you go. What might trusting God look like when we know that we are fully loved? That you are beloved. That his perfect love casts out all fear. What's it look like for us to know and understand that failure is an event, it is not an identity? Failure is never a person. What does it look like for us to know that even where we mess up, even where we get it wrong, even when we make mistakes, that we are beloved by God? What might trusting look like when we choose courage over the safe harbors that we've cultivated for ourselves? Jesus says, I am with you. Jesus says that he will never leave you. Maybe we've misdefined what safety really looks like.
Where have you been invited to be courageous? Is it a conversation? Is it a relationship? Is it a choice that you need to make? I I don't know. I don't want to put identifiers on this for you. I want you to let the Holy Spirit really speak to you about what it looks like to be courageous. What might trusting God look like when we choose peacemaking over being nice? Now, maybe it's just me, but I'm not a fan of the word nice. Nice feels like it's something that, that we're forced to do by our parents. Be nice. Act nice. Finish your meal. Right? Like, peace is so much more than just being nice. Being nice feels fake, but peace means reconciliation. Peace means bringing shalom. Peace means moving into places that, man, it's, it's going to feel awkward and be awkward. And we might have to say some things that are, are tough. But we do it out of that identity of being loved and not out of any kind of human need to be nice or be right. We have been invited to bring peace freely. We're not forced into it. Where have you been invited to bring shalom? The way of Jesus only gets more and more beautiful. The more we trust and the more we know Jesus, the more beautiful he becomes and the more like him that we are transformed into. We can't help but be like him when we're with him. We walk by faith and not by sight. Another translation says, for we live by believing and not seeing. One thing that, that seeing is good for, and as we wrap up today, I, I want to I talk a little bit about why sight can be good, but it's not often good for seeing things as we move forward. It's really good for looking back and seeing how far we've come. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty for a reason, but I, I want to do this in, in the context of, of looking at some pictures. Let's go ahead and look at the first picture. This picture is from 1930. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't. But that arrow is pointing to a a small dot, and that dot is, well, at the time, was the planet Pluto. This is all we could see. In 1994, we get a better picture. How good is that? <laughs> I was like, uh, is this Minecraft? Like, I, like, I don't, like, that, that can't be a real picture, but it's, it's what we could see. Let's go to, I think it's 1996, or 2006 is the next picture. Like, I, I think they were probably just a little bit further away and decided to put one of those cool TV filters on it. We still can't really see it, but, you know, we're getting closer and each time, like, there was a different probe that was sent to take pictures, right? And we're, we're making advancements as we go. It's still a long ways away, but we're learning to build off the technology that has come before us. That's 2006. Here's 2015. <laughs> it's a bit different, isn't it? We can see all the craters, we can see all the the, the landscape, we can see all these things, and by now, like Pluto, I I don't even know if this is up to date, but it's not even a a real planet anymore, it's a dwarf planet, 
because it has a different orbital structure than the rest of the planets. But you know, each, each time we learn something, we're growing. And as we look back, we can see things that we haven't seen before. Where we've trusted where we've believed, where we've entered into the mystery of things we don't know to bring the way of Jesus to the relationships and the people around us. What does it look like for you to look back over your life and see the places that, that Jesus has been? Right now, now, this is 2015, and, and you know maybe you've heard about it, but there's a, a thing now called the Webb Telescope, which is, I don't know, like $10 billion dollars they, they spent to, to make this telescope. But this is what we can see now. Right, that is a, a picture of something called the pillars of creation, which is kind of this place where new stars, stars are birthed. Right? It's an amazing picture. And, and you think about the difference in ability to see. Pluto's .000628 light years away. This place, this star place is 6,500 light years away. So distance is, is this thing that is now becoming obsolete when it comes to seeing. But we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. I don't always get it right. In fact, I often get it wrong. But as I look back, I see the hand of God at work in my life, even when I am getting it wrong, that he is faithful, that he's never going to leave me, that he's inviting me to an adventure, that he is inviting me to a life that, that looks different than the one that I'm in right now. And I love that, that Mike said this last week because I think this is the thing for all of us to understand, is that no matter where you are right now, this invitation is for you. And you need to live out of this identity of being beloved, of being courageous, of bringing shalom and peace. But you don't have to be where you're not. You're on your way. We're on our way to becoming more like Christ. And you might feel like you look like the 90, 1994 version of Pluto. You might, you might feel like you can't, no, nobody even sees you yet. You might not even show up as a dot on somebody's radar, but God sees you. God knows you. And he's invited you to be beloved, to belong, to be in his family, to live a life of courage, and to bring peace wherever you can bring it. This is the way of Jesus. I'm going to do one of those crazy pastor things that I promised myself I would never do. Can we just say, I'm on my way? I'm on my way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you for never leaving us, for, for teaching us, for loving us. And God, as we're continuing on our way today, God, help us to be like Jesus. Help us to live out of the identity of being beloved. God, help us to see that the safe harbors we've created for ourselves are not as safe as we think they are. God, help us to see that, that playing it safe is risky. God, help us to bring your shalom. 
Help us to be ambassadors of Jesus. God, help us to be people of reconciliation. God, help us to live trusting you with arms wide open. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Good Life Podcast today. Remember that you can stay up to date with the podcast by subscribing on whichever platform you're listening to right now. If you're interested in our ongoing conversation where we're delving deeper and asking questions about what we're talking about on Sundays, be sure to check out the Pondering episodes in the same feed. Otherwise, we would love it if you could like, follow, and even give us a five-star review. It all helps in getting the good news out there. You can also head to our website, goodlife.org.au, or our YouTube for video content and resources. Until next time, peace.